welcome to the Nutrition Science Podcast, where we help you cut through the noise and make informed, science-based decisions about nutrition and your health. How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Nutrition Science Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Adrian Chavez, and in this episode, we are going to be discussing glucose spikes. This is a topic that has gained a lot of popularity recently. You see it all over social media, people putting on their glucose monitors and showing how different foods impact their blood sugar, and I get so many questions about this topic. So I want to cover what it is about glucose spikes that are important. Is this something that we need to be paying attention to? Is this something that is impacting our health? And we'll talk about some of the science there, and then I'll give you some practical recommendations for what you actually need to be paying attention to when it comes to this topic and how, in terms of lifestyle, nutrition, you can manage your glucose a little bit better. I'm not going to go into too much detail about that because I want to specifically focus on the spikes and why these are or aren't something that you need to be focusing on and paying attention to. I'll do a much more thorough episode in the future on glucose management, diabetes, insulin resistance, and all of those fun topics because that will be more in depth and I can talk about that for quite a bit of time. Before we get started, I want to thank you all for those who have left a review. I really appreciate it. I've had many people reaching out to me directly saying that they can't leave a review on the app that they listen to the podcast on. That's perfectly fine. I appreciate the messages. I appreciate the shares on social media of the podcast and it's really going well and I'm really excited about it and I'm glad to be consistently publishing episodes again along those lines. It really does help and I know I haven't emphasized this a lot but it does help if you are interested, if you got value from this show. And this is my little plug. Most of the time when you're listening to a podcast during this time, you get 10 minutes of, of supplement and, and things that you don't need, essentially. Here's a greens powder ad. Here's the glucose monitor ad, which is what we'll be talking about today. That's how podcasts continue to go. That's how they pay for the production costs. That's how they advertise the podcast. They just sell a bunch of stuff that you don't need. Now, I'm not opposed to promoting things that could be helpful for you all, but I prefer to give you accurate information. And that often leads to you purchasing less supplements, purchasing less of these unnecessary devices. And so in my, in my case, I don't necessarily get those commissions that a normal podcast in this space that's promoting a lot of those things would. So if you have benefited from this podcast, and if you are spending less money on supplements or glucose monitors or anything like that, spending less money on various things that you might have been spending money on that you have realized you don't need, it would be extremely helpful and valuable if you said, hey, I've saved some money on these things. I've gotten a lot of value from this podcast. I want to help support the show. And that can be whatever you decide feels comfortable for you. I have a PayPal donation link in the show notes. You can click on that and you can just support the show in whatever way feels best for you. Also, like if you purchase courses or anything like that, that I, I don't promote often, but I do have a fundamentals of healthy fat loss course. All of that goes back into producing content. My goal is to use that to continue to reach more people and reach more people and reach more people because the, this type of information, and I'm kind of tooting my own horn here, but practical evidence-based information really needs to get out to more people. So let's go ahead and get into the topic of the show, glucose spike. So this has become very, very popular over the last couple of years. 
there's a woman named who calls herself glucose goddess that wrote a book. I think it's like glucose revolution or something like that. And she claims that glucose spikes are like the key to health, like regulating glucose spikes are the key to health. So what is a glucose spike? When we eat food, when we eat carbohydrates, those carbohydrates are converted into glucose. So let's say you eat oatmeal, that oatmeal, the carbohydrates in that oatmeal are going to get broken down, converted into glucose. That's the way our body absorbs carbohydrates. Now, there's other, other types of carbohydrates as well, but this is the main form is glucose. When we eat a starchy food that gets broken down to, into a bunch of glucose molecules and those get released into the bloodstream, that leads to an increase in glucose. This is how carbohydrates are transported throughout the body to be used for fuel or to be taken to areas where they can be placed into storage like the liver and muscle tissue. This, this is just like traffic of people going to work. People have to get to work. There's going to be cars on the road. Okay, so glucose increasing after we eat a meal is something that is supposed to happen. This is part of how our body uses this fuel source and transports this fuel source and takes this fuel source to where it needs to go. I want to get that out the way because a lot of people have come under this impression that we have to keep glucose as low as possible. And there's only one way to do that. And that's cutting out all carbohydrates. And is that the healthiest approach? Absolutely not. And so we have to really understand the context of these things and not look at it in the way that it's being presented as you know, glucose is bad. Glucose is a fuel source. Fats are also a fuel source. Fats get transported in our blood the exact same way. When we have too high of levels of glucose, and this is where some of the truth of this information is, is when our glucose levels get too high, that can lead to damage of our tissues, our endothelial cells, which are the tissues that line our blood vessels, and that can lead to other negative health effects as well. The same happens when we have too much triglycerides in our blood. Our body is not designed to have extremely high levels of any energy source circulating throughout the blood. That means that that energy source is excess. It's not being used. And that's why it's circulating throughout the blood. So when we develop type 2 diabetes, that's because those sugars don't have anywhere to go. They don't have any use because they typically represent excess energy. And if they weren't excess energy, they would get utilized or stored into glycogen. And so the chronic hyperglycemia, so this isn't a glucose spike, this is chronic hyperglycemia, is associated with many negative health outcomes. This is one of the most harmful things that can occur to our body is experiencing chronic hyperglycemia or chronic hyperlipidemia, which lipids mean fat, so hyperlipidemia equals high triglycerides, high LDL cholesterol. Any of these fat or glucose sources that are circulating in our blood in very high amounts can have negative effects on our health. That is incredibly important. And that's where some of the truth of these quote unquote glucose spikes come from is if we're allowing our glucose levels to be very high for very long periods of time and allowing them to get really high on a regular occasion because there's nowhere, you know, we're eating far in excess of the amount of carbohydrates that our body can use for fuel that can be problematic. However, 
This is a big important. However, the amount that your glucose rises after every single meal does not dictate your health outcomes. Doesn't dictate weight loss, doesn't dictate any health outcomes. There's no evidence for this. This is one of the claims, or this is the main claim that is being made around this is getting your glucose levels down is going to have positive health effects. That that the higher your glucose goes after each meal, and again, there's some truth to that because if it's going really, really high, that means you're eating carbohydrates far in excess of what your body can use for energy. But if it's increasing, and if you look at these graphs, graphs that are shared all over social media, it's showing a red zone that is above 30 milligrams per deciliter above baseline. So if you haven't eaten, and then when you eat, if your blood sugar rises 30 milligrams per deciliter on these graphs that, that people are showing on social media, they call that a red zone and they call that a spike. That's not a spike. That is normal physiology. If your body, if, if your glucose level goes up 60 after your meal, 70, 80, but it goes back down and it doesn't remain elevated and that glucose gets utilized throughout the body for fuel, this is not harming our health, period. If glucose is harming your health, we are going to see that in what's called an HbA1c test. HbA1c, it stands for hemoglobin A1c. That is the amount of hemoglobin that is bound by glucose in our blood, and that gives us an average of about the last 90 days of what our average glucose levels are. This is a standard blood test that is done that you can get done for 20 bucks that is typically done through your doctor on an annual lab test that will tell you most of the information that you need to know about your blood glucose levels. You do not need to monitor every fluctuation in glucose that happens throughout the day. I've used this analogy before because it makes sense. This is the same as weighing yourself after every meal. If you eat a larger meal, your weight's going to go up more. And then you're going to say, oh, I shouldn't eat that, so I'm going to eat smaller meals. And it could, weighing yourself after every meal, could modify your behavior in such a way that you make choices that lead to weight loss and could potentially improve your health. Same is the case with glucose. So by hyper-focusing on glucose, that leads people to make changes that may otherwise be healthy that they could have made without focusing on glucose, without hyper-focusing on quote-unquote glucose spikes. And there's no science to support the claims that are being made. And if you are familiar with Glucose Goddess in, in this platform or her platform, she claims that there is, and she'll show studies, and I'll explain some of these studies in a second, but the studies that she cites on her website, because she cites a bunch to, to support reducing glucose spikes. Let me read some of them off, because they really aren't what, what you would expect. And this is, this is the difference between people citing studies and people actually like being evidence-based. This is just study citations for the sake of getting people to believe in a certain concept. It's not education. It's, hey, this is how I can get you to believe that glucose spikes are harmful. 
So she puts glucose spikes are worse for the body than higher, but steady glucose levels. This is, there's no great evidence on this. And then she cites chronic physiological hyperglycemia impairs insulin mediated suppression of plasma glucagon. This has nothing to do with the claim. This really frustrates me when people do this because they make people believe that what they're explaining is science-based. Chronic hyperglycemia has negative effects. I just explained that. It can have negative effects because largely what's happening is there's under underlying metabolic dysfunction. Your body is not able to process that glucose because there's too much energy in the cells already, and that's led to a negative impact on your metabolism. Saying that that glucose spikes are harmful and then citing this study is so misleading. And, and this is over and over again. The next citation, prevalence of optimal metabolic health in American adults. This has nothing, nothing to do with glucose spikes. Nothing at all. So if you are have been following this individual, and a lot of people do, I get questions about this all the time. Every time I talk about this, people are like, oh, there's science behind it. There's not. There's not. The studies that she cites are completely irrelevant to the claims that are being made. And she has really popularized the idea of people wearing glucose monitors to lower their glucose spikes. These glucose monitors are like 100 bucks for a two-week, and they're annoying. You have to put something into your tricep and wear it all the time, and it's not necessary. It's not necessary, period. This stuff is completely unnecessary, and it's hyper-focusing on one risk factor and ignoring many others. And here's what I mean by that. So if you had a piece of toast for breakfast, that would cause a certain rise in your blood glucose. If you added butter to that toast, butter is fat and fat slows digestion. And if you digest your food slower, that glucose level goes up more slowly. So there would be a lower response, a lower glucose response. Does that mean that the toast became healthier? No, not at all. But it lowered glucose levels. What if I put four tablespoons of butter on there? But it lowered glucose levels, but it would cause a massive increase in triglycerides. It would cause an increase in LDL cholesterol over time. But it lowered glucose levels. This is misguided to be heavily focused on this. And one of the reasons that this is blown up is for what I was discussing at the beginning when it comes to promo codes. So this device and this technology, is it's life-saving for people with type 1 diabetes because people with type 1 diabetes have to constantly monitor their blood glucose because they don't have a pancreas or their pancreas isn't working and they don't produce insulin. And so if you don't produce insulin, you have to put a shot in in order to keep your blood glucose regulated and pump the amount of insulin that your body needs. You have to understand your glucose levels throughout the day. This, this technology was developed for type 1 diabetics. It's life-changing for type 1 diabetics. When you're a medical technology company and you create a device that only serves a small percentage of the population, you're limited in the amount of profit that you, you can make. How can you make more profit? 
you get people to believe normal people to, to think that they need to be using these devices. And I get reached out to, I've had multiple companies reach out to me and they offer like $50 per device. So if I, if I said, Hey, glucose spikes are killing you. I did a whole podcast on it. And I said, do you want to know how to avoid glucose spikes? Well, here's a coupon code for, you know, this Dexcom G6 or whatever glucose monitoring device. And you can go, you know, buy that and, and learn. And I would get a nice chunk of money if I did that. That's why you see these things promoted everywhere. If you see an influencer promoting a glucose monitor to healthy people, this person is not credible. And they're probably more interested in the amount of money they make from the, from the commissions than your health, which is going to be the case in a lot of cases. So this is not something that we need to be hyper-focused on. But there is a caveat to this. Poor glucose control, pre-diabetes, type 2 diabetes, this is incredibly common. One in three adults have type 2 diabetes in the United States. So it is important to make choices in your nutrition and lifestyle that are going to prevent hyperglycemia, chronic hyperglycemia the development of prediabetes and type 2 diabetes. And so these choices are going to involve some of the things that are, you know, quote unquote, glucose hacks, or some of the things that are promoted as glucose hacks. For example, one of the most important things that most people can do is to make sure and eat protein and fiber with each meal. So if you have oatmeal, for example, that's going to lead to a pretty significant increase in blood glucose. It's also not going to be a feeling meal. It's not going to provide important amino acids that, that your body needs for tissue building and, and for immune function and everything else. And that's just not a complete meal. So a well-balanced meal is going to include protein. It's going to include some fiber. And that fiber can be from vegetables or some other source and, and a little bit of fat as well. So let's say you add some flax seeds to the oatmeal. If you do this, the oatmeal changes from being... Um, something that's going to increase your blood sugar really quickly to something that's going to lead to a more balanced response. Now, that is important for various reasons, not just because of the impact that it has on glucose. And we want to focus on eating meals that are constructed in such a way just for general health because we need to be getting enough protein, because we need to be getting enough fiber. And these things are important to be including in every meal so that they help keep you satiated, so that they help keep you you know, full for a longer period of time so that you don't feel hungry really quickly and, that you, and to ensure that you're nourishing yourself with enough calories. So if you do this and you're eating balanced meals, that's most of the way in terms of reducing blood sugar, quote unquote, spikes. Like the reason that people have spikes is they're eating too many carbohydrates without protein and fat and fiber in the meal. And so for that, for example, that could be, you know, say you go have some rice somewhere. Or so you go have a meal with rice. They're going to give you a couple cups of rice. It's just too much. And so it's portions of carbohydrates. That's another thing that we just need to pay attention to. You, you should be eating the correct portion for your body and your needs and your energy levels and activity levels. And 
if you're doing that, your blood sugar is going to go up and it's not something you have to worry about. Okay. Now, the other side of it is your activity levels. One of the reasons that people will have fluctuations in blood glucose and excess hyperglycemia is just not active enough. If you're eating a certain amount and you're not active enough and there's an energy surplus, that's going to lead to negative impact on your health. It's going to lead to potentially weight gain. That's going to lead to more fluctuations in, in glucose levels. Exercise is the fix for this. Like if you exercise and you exercise intensely, cardiovascular training or resistance training, you burn off a lot of the glycogen stores. So the glucose that's stored in your muscles and liver, you burn that off. And so there's space for more glucose to be stored in those spaces. So when you eat a high carbohydrate meal, even if it's really high in carbohydrates, instead of leading to this massive increase in blood glucose that stays there for a long period of time, the glucose goes into your blood, it gets taken into the liver and muscle, and it gets put into storage, even if it's not needed at that time. And so exercise is incredibly important for glucose control. And this should be where the focus is. Exercise, balanced meals, period. Eating your food in a different order, taking shots of apple cider vinegar, all of these other things are completely unnecessary for the vast majority of people. Now, there may be some value to, say, for example, the vinegar. There is some evidence that this can help lower fasting blood sugar a bit and help to reduce postprandial, which is after meal glucose fluctuations. I don't want to go into too much detail about this, but the only reason it reduces the post-meal fluctuations is because it interferes with carbohydrate breakdown and can lead to digestive issues for some people as a result. And so vinegar isn't, isn't something that everyone needs to be doing. But what everyone needs to be doing is not eating too many calories, eating balanced meals, and exercising and moving your body. Period. If you focus there, you don't need to worry about every little glucose spike. You don't need to worry about your, your glucose increasing after every meal. This is not something that anyone needs to be paying attention to unless you are a type 1 diabetic or unless you are a type 2 diabetic who has lost pancreatic function where you're not producing enough insulin. And in that case, it would be something that you do want to pay a lot more attention to. But for the average person, for the millions of people who are taking this type of advice or who are being given this type of advice, this stuff doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Your, your, your glucose going up by 50 after a meal because you ate some rice is okay. As long as it's in the context of a healthy diet and a healthy lifestyle. And paying attention to that and getting hyper-focused on it and wearing a monitor and thinking that you can't let your glucose levels go 30 milligrams per deciliter over baseline is just misleading. It's designed to sell people glucose monitors. This type of information has sold tons of glucose monitors. Like this probably made these companies hundreds of millions of dollars. These influencers putting on these glucose monitors and doing this. And as I mentioned earlier, 
yes, some of the information that comes from this, like eating more protein reduces your blood glucose response. It's basic information. It's information that requires, does not require focusing on, on glucose fluctuations. This isn't an important aspect of health for the vast majority of people. If you hear people promoting this stuff, anyone promoting this stuff, even if they have credentials, understand that they're probably, they don't understand this topic, period. They don't understand this topic in the larger context. They have also been influenced by this misleading information. And this happens among lots of RDs and MDs and things like that who promote this stuff. But this is not necessary. Okay. Again, I'm going to have more detailed episodes on insulin resistance and type 2 diabetes. I just wanted to address this particular topic. I get asked about this so often. It's so popular. It continues to be popular. It continues to grow. People continue to ask more and more about it. And it really is not something that you need to be worrying about. It is a distraction from actual things that matter when it comes to your nutrition, which is most of these fads. This is going to go away in a couple of years and something else is going to replace it. I can guarantee that. So quick summary. Yes, elevated glucose levels for long periods of time can be harmful to health. Elevated glucose levels for long periods of time is indicative of underlying metabolic dysfunction. Prediabetes, type 2 diabetes, insulin resistance, these need to be addressed. Worrying about the amount that your blood sugar goes up after every single meal is misguided and unnecessary, though. And this isn't something that I recommend anyone to be hyper-focusing on. This is missing the bigger picture. And there are other things that are much more important that you could be focusing on instead of trying to minimize your glucose response to every meal. I hope this episode was helpful. I hope I don't get any more questions about this topic after this. If I do, I'm just going to direct people here because this topic has just continued to grow. And I've discussed it multiple times on my social media. And every time I get people saying, oh, well, there's science behind it. And it, there's not. There's just not. There is studies that are cited that don't even relate to the claims that are being made. And the reality is that if we focus on the risk factors that are measured at our doctor's office, HbA1c, fasting glucose, and then again, I'll talk about a little bit more, but fasting insulin can be important there too. And I'll talk about that more in a future episode. We don't need to worry about wearing a monitor and checking our glucose throughout the day. So I hope this episode was helpful. Please, if you got value from this, I recommend sharing this on social media or with someone you know who may be interested in this topic and who may also be a little bit confused about this because it's incredibly popular. Thank you all for tuning in to this episode of the podcast. I hope you all have a great week and we will talk soon. Mm -hmm.